Welcome to the Freedom Chasers Six Figure Strategies Podcast. If you're an agent or an investor yet to hit six figures, this is the show for you. We take a deep dive into strategies to help you achieve the goal of six figures so that you can grow up to seven figures eventually. All right, meet Danielle Welker. She's from Remax Advantage, the Beset Realty Group. We are super excited to have you here today, Danielle. Danielle, you had mentioned that you have some inexpensive and free marketing strategies that you wanted to share. So we'd love to jump right into the how-tos, if you don't mind. Like, what kind of marketing are you guys doing? What kind of marketing are you guys showing your agents? We'd love to learn the free strategies. Well, I think in the SaaS space market, we've had to kind of, and, and with the shift in the market too, both, we've had to kind of bring it back to the basics. So, you know, I've been in this business long enough. I've dumped thousands of dollars. I know other agents can relate into these things. I'm going to show you all my secrets and you're going to make millions of dollars. And really it's just about being personable, getting on your social media, doing videos, you know, even we do some door knocking. So we're trying to train our new buyers agents. We're doing open houses. We're inviting the neighborhood. We're making it more of an event. We're being really personable. We're making sure we're doing that follow-up. I mean, all these things that you should be doing. And then sometimes when you've been in this business a while, you kind of don't want to do those things. So it's kind of just bringing it back. So that's kind of what we've been focusing on going into 2023. And even with, you know, the Midwest kind of crappy weather we've been having, we've been killing it at open houses and having tons of traffic, getting some new buyers for our buyers agents. So it's all been really good. Um, another thing we go back to doing a lot is mailings. A lot of people kind of went away from that. Um, we don't do, we try not to do huge bulk mailings. Those things, you know, we get them all the time, throw them away. Uh, it's not free, but you know, it's very easy to just send a couple personal letters, you know, to people that are living close to you. It's very easy, free to get the addresses. If you're part of MRED or any MOS, very easy. Have a friend at a title company, very easy. So these are all free things that you could be doing. Um, and then just networking, just kind of, again, back to the basics. Who do you know that knows somebody that knows somebody? talking to lenders, just, you should be talking to at least 10 people about real estate every day to make money. Oh, so many golden nuggets <laughs> in there. I'm going to dive deeper. Sorry, into that was a lot. Oh, it's okay. This is yeah. great. I mean, that, what, I mean, that's three <laughs> amazing strategies. That's the whole business right there. That's all you need really, if you focused on them. So let's dive in a little bit deeper. Like what does an open house look like for you guys? Like a lot of people like to go crazy, put up 50 signs and put up a bunch of like the waving man and stuff like that. Do you guys do that? Or there's snow there. So like, that's the thing that always bothered me because the sticks don't go on the ground yeah. anymore. Um, so, <laughs> so give me an idea what an open house looks like for you and how you guys execute the marketing plan. So our typical open house, we're going to want to schedule at least a week in advance just so that we can start talking about it. We're going to let other agents know about it because who doesn't want to take a break on the weekend and just send your buyers to an open house. So it's, you know, through our networking, we kind of talk about it that way. We also, I use a third party, um, it's called Expresso agent. So it's very easy for me to circle prospect where my open house is. And then we just get on the phone like, Hey, Danielle from Remax. I mean, I, I don't actually make the calls, but you know, we're calling, we want to invite you. This is, you know, this is an event, come see what your neighbors have. And, you know, 
open houses, let's be real. It's for me to get more business. It's for the neighbors to be like, wow, like she's doing something somebody else isn't doing. I want to list my house with her. That's why most agents are doing open houses. But um, so just kind of getting the word out. So Expresso Agents been super helpful with getting phone numbers, email, and that sort of thing for, you know, properties nearby. Mailings take too long. So we don't really do that. A little bit of door knocking, weather permitting, not the season for it. And we do like lots of signs, but winter, not so much. <laughs> yeah, it makes, I mean, yeah, I, I'm totally with you. Those, those A-frame signs are the ones, they're $70 signs. <laughs> like they're nice, but yes, it's hard to get expensive. Of those. They're so expensive. <laughs> yeah. The other ones you stick in the ground, but yeah, I mean, they don't work anymore in the winter, at least not they by me. They fall down. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's such a nightmare sometimes, for sure. But you're so right about the open houses, like in terms of like, that's an agent lead generating source more than anything. It's like I use it as, mm -hmm. an, as an excuse. If I can't find somebody to host one for me, I'd be like, look, seller, like, unfortunately, I've done like 200 open houses and I've only sold like three of them. So it's a great way to generate leads, but it's actually not a great way to sell a house. I would, I would be far more effective doing marketing strategies that are, you know, more wider reaching than, yeah. than an open house. And so I've used that as an excuse. It's like, so I'm with you there. You're absolutely 100% <laughs> right. I'd like to discuss the mailers a little bit too, because it sounds like you're super intentional. Like you're only sending in a couple of these. Who are you sending these mailers to? And um, what does that look like? Is that a farming technique or is that more of a direct outreach? Is it an ROI thing or not an ROI, a SOI thing? I would, I would say it's kind of in between farming and more of a direct marketing. Um, I like to cherry pick where I want to send them. Um, I'm looking for neighborhoods that, and I, I'm local, so I've been here my entire life and I'm going to be 42. So I know where there used to be little kids and now those kids are graduating high school. Those are the neighborhoods I'm targeting, the the ones that are about to be empty nesters, recent empty nesters, not the, the newer neighborhoods. So that kind of keeps it a little bit smaller. And then nice neighborhoods <laughs> where I want to have listings. Yeah. So you're targeting your mailers, essentially. You're, yeah. you're mailing in areas that you would like to sell in. Simple right. enough. Tremendous. Simple. <laughs> it's funny. Like most things in, in real estate are actually simple. Most people just overcomplicate it or they don't do it. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about the third one because it's my favorite. You said networking. I think networking is the foundation of any business. Um, so let's talk about your guys' networking strategies and what you guys are doing. And we'll probably dive deeper into this one because it's my favorite. Yeah, for sure. I mean, our, you know, social media wasn't a big thing in 05 when I first came to be a realtor. It was just that you went, you know, there was office meetings, there was broker tours, those sort of things. But now with social media, you can connect with just a broader range. So I try to join as many different real estate networks locally as possible. And we're always brainstorming. And, you know, some people are afraid to share any of their nuggets with the next person. And, you know, I'm, I'm more into the networks where we're, we're being open, like kind of how we're doing now. Like, oh, I didn't think to go back to the basics. So sharing things, I mean, what's life without some competition? So it, it's 
And our office is great. I've been at the same office, but we have an office Facebook page. We're going back, again, back to the basics, having some in-person meetings, kicking around ideas. Um, broker tours are great too. I like to host them because they're just fun. And we have lunch because nobody comes if you don't feed them. But it's just, it's fun to see all of us from different offices and we're just sitting around just kind of shooting the shit. And like, you know, we have interesting stories that we share and it's just, it's a good time. And we've just always pride ourselves in our team, just being fun to work with, being easygoing. I mean, we're by the book, we're not breaking any laws, but it's fun to work with us. And I think that's super important. And some agents forget about that. And yes, you have to do the best for your client, you know, obviously, but you can be fun when, when you're doing it. It doesn't have to be so me versus you. I'm on this side, you're on that side. So that's kind of what we focused on, you know, just over the years is just being a fun team. I, you know, when somebody sees my name on a contract, I want them to be excited that they're going to get to work with me, that I do a good job that I'm fun, that I'm not competitive and, in, in, you know, it's got to be this tug of war thing the whole time. Absolutely. It should be fun. And it, I think you said something really important at the beginning. It's like you're hanging out with people that have an abundance mindset, not a, not a scarcity mindset, which is important, especially mm -hmm. when you're looking to network. You want to network with the right people. Um, anybody that thinks that there's a scarcity of business is not somebody I want to be spending too much of my time with because... You know, they're going to bring my mood down. Um, gonna, basically, there's there's no shortage. I mean, you just got to go out there and, and do the work. I mean, there's plenty of houses to sell no matter where you are. I mean, there's just no limitation. You just got to work harder if you're not right. making enough. Yeah. So that yeah. is important. But yeah, have fun too. There's no reason not to enjoy the time with whoever's on the other side of the transaction. It's actually important to me that the other person has a good experience because guess what? We work together and... If I sell a lot of houses, I might see you again. And I would prefer for that to be a genial arrangement, not, not something with any animosity <laughs> tied to it. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So um, before the show, you were talking about your team model. It sounded a little bit unique. So I would love to hear a little bit more details about it. So let's just talk with the broad strokes here. How is your team structured and what does it look like? So it... I mean, when I try to describe it, like I said, it's, you know, most teams are like this, like a triangle, and we're more like this. So there's more room at the top, I guess. So very unique. Um, you know, we're the Bassett Realty Group out of Antioch. George brought us in in 05, and that's when teams were kind of really kicking off because, like, we just kind of are coming out of. It was a crazy market. You can't get to everybody. You need a team to really thrive in that crazy, you know, fast paced market. And he just was a believer in give credit where it's due. So, you know, yes, a lot of team models, it's that, you know, one person that's taking the cake, but he wanted us to be able to, you know, keep our take listings because I mean, most teams that you see with buyers agents, there's one listing agent, there's one name that goes on the sign. And he never wanted that to be the case. We were all our own individuals and we, he knew we'd stay, <laughs> but people gave him a hard time. Like you're training your competition. He's like, no, like I'm training the next generation of amazing realtors. Like I want them to smoke me in numbers. That's the goal. Um, and then eventually we, you know, the other 
team lead is my best friend. I've we're known since I was seven. So it's fun to work with her too. But we kind of just said, why don't we split all the, you know, marketing costs and all that overhead and then stop paying you on a commission scale and we'll just all be equals. And he was like, it took a little convincing, <laughs> but you know, he was like, okay, I'm fine with it. And then we decided again, the market got crazy. Now it's kind of, you know, fizzling a little, but I think it's going to, it's going to pick back up. And we brought in two buyers agents a little late on that crazy market. But so now they're working under basically the three of us. So it's kind of come full circle. <laughs> okay. Everyone who listens to our show knows Matt and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, Many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times you have watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did, but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. And the results prove this. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secret that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is why we have opened up a few one-on-one -on -one coaching slots with Freedom Chasers Coaching, where you can get a plan to financial freedom that is completely customized to fit who you are and where you want to go, and most importantly, how you want to get there. Where you can get a plan to financial freedom that is completely customized to fit who you are, where you want to go, and how you want to get there. The benefit of working with Matt and I is that we are interviewing between 5 and 20 successful people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven-figure strategies and gotten the inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We are able to work with you to pick the strategy that will fit the best and then help you create the custom plan and steps to take you quickly into financial freedom. The fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us. And let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. This is interesting. Um, so there's so much to say here. Number one, I loved the, the, the hand gesture thing you did. <laughs> For those listening, she made a triangle and then a heart. Um, <laughs> so that was very cool. That was cute. I like that. But... I got to dive deeper into this. So you guys are all managing the same buyer's agents. Like, how do the splits work then? I mean, obviously, are you guys just sharing like 33%, 33, 33? Or how does that Yeah. Work? Um, so we worked it where George really is, he's been in this business forever. He's not looking to, to go up. He's fine where he's at. So we didn't want to put financial burden on him. Um, and we were making more money. So we, Lisa and I just collectively decided we wanted to bring them in. We didn't care how he really felt. He goes with all of our crazy ideas. So he has no financial burden for either new team member. So we are covering their overhead. Lisa and I are just like he did with us. And then it's kind of, you know, they get a lead from me, then they go by our commission split. They get a lead from Lisa, then they pay her. So that's kind of how we've been working it. It's, you know, it's a newer thing and it's kind of trial and error. And I guess the bottom line is, is we hired people we trust. So we're not worried about them screwing us over by any means. And it's been working out good. If they bring in their own lead or it's just a random, like not directly from Lisa or myself or one of our listings, then Lisa and I split 
what's coming in. So they, and we have a sliding scale. Once they make this, they just kind of move up. So I think it'll, I think it'll work out. All of our crazy plans eventually kind of work themselves out. That tends to be the case. Action begets action. I'm sure it'll be fluid. I'm sure things will change, but as long as you keep going, you'll be yeah. fine. Um, very cool. So you mentioned something very important. So you were through the previous run-up, let's say 2006-ish, to the crash, and, and now we had this, this new run-up. And what do you think about the previous run-up? Let's just say like 2022, broad strokes, thoughts, and like, where do you think the market is heading? And I always put the caveat here that Nobody's got a crystal ball. Nobody knows where the market is headed. And the only thing that can happen right. is our educated guess. And honestly, that's that's what it is because nobody's 100% right all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I loved this crazy market that we just came out of. Um, I mean, it was, it was intense, but it was fun. Um, it was good to be busy. Um, it was a great learning experience for some newer agents and I know I'm sure your guys' market as well. I mean, ours exploded with like all these new people. Um, so I think on the real estate, on the, the professional side of things, I think we'll see that kind of taper off, which means more business for us that are kind of left standing. And if I made it through 08, 09, 10, all that crap, I'm, you know, this is going to be nothing. I think the interest rates, hopefully we see them come down a little. Um, but if not, I think it's just going to take time for the, you know, the younger generations to realize these rates aren't even that bad. <laughs> they're really, historically, when you look at interest rates, they're really not that bad. It's just they have this mindset and, you know, it's going to be getting them over that, that hump. And I think it'll, it'll come. Yeah, absolutely. I love what you said about the newer realtors. I saw this meme. Um, I, I always thought it was so funny. Um, like somebody posted it around August-ish when we started to feel the correction. It's like, hey, newer realtors, there's something called a price reduction. So you're gonna have to learn how to do that. And I was just like, yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, it felt weird when I had to do it again, because I felt like I didn't have to do it once for 18 months. Um, so it was like, oh, yeah. I'm back to this game. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was fun. It's, it's weird. It was a great time to be a listing agent. I can tell you that. Yes, it was. It was fun. But we never wavered. I mean, there were certain marketing things, and I'm sure you see it in your market too, the, the pictures on the phone, the slapping something up with half missing information, inaccurate information. We never did that. I was like, you know, when it, somebody can always go back on my Zillow realtor and see these listings of mine and be like, why does this one look like shit? Like you just, you know, that's my portfolio. That's my, you know, work. That's my life work. It's all I do. So I, I don't want anything to be sloppy. So I think some of those realtors are going to really struggle when it's not just snap a couple crappy phone photos and throw a listing up. I mean, I have a few sitting right now. We're on like our third round of pictures because the season's like crazy. <laughs> so it costs more too to carry these listings. I forget about, you know, what you're selling at the time. I have an assistant, so I'm paying her to do things, price reductions. I mean, you're just working so much harder um, that I think some of the agents that kind of got in were like, this is so easy, are going to slough off. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I could certainly relate to you. I've, I mean, there are so many listings. I still see them. I don't see them as much as I used to, I don't think. But there are listings where, like, you could see the car, the side mirror. And it's just an exterior right. picture. And it's like, you didn't even on. get out of the like, car. <laughs> it's like, come, you, I mean, you could have moved the, the phone, like, a little bit closer. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's wild. It's, it's just like, how, how is that list, how is the seller not upset about that is my question. It's just like, right. oh, my. Oh my. Um, but their house <laughs> probably sold, so they didn't care. But that's going to change. And I think that's that's going to help the agents too, you know, where I don't think the market's going to get crazy, but I think it'll seem busier because there are going to be less people. There'll be less competition. Oh. Yeah. And so the numbers are, are at least the numbers I'm hearing. It sounds like there's already an exodus going on in terms of realtors, which in my my opinion that's a wonderful thing um mm -hmm. <laughs> usually the good ones stay right so right <laughs> the ones that leave are the ones that aren't making any money so i mean i never have a problem with a realtor exodus that tends to be um an opportunity for for the right ones um we'll just say it that way so very cool so you mentioned you went through the 2006 market and and this one i would love to compare and contrast like how did 2006 feel compared to 2022 I mean, I think it was very different because I was new. Um, and I think that I didn't have the tools that I have now. I mean, I was brand new, but the phone would ring and I'm like, they want to go see that commercial property you have. And he's like, well, get, go show it to them. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, it's just like right now. And then it's like, they want to write an offer. And I'm like, what do I do? Where this just was a lot easier because it was second nature. I've been doing it so long. So I think, you know, the craziness before wasn't as crazy for me because I was newer. I didn't have that, like, you know, that just business that we get after we're in the business for a while, the repeat business, the referrals, people know who you are, that sort of thing. So it wasn't as crazy as some of those, you know, the other agents, but, I, and I also think technology came a long way. I mean, we were faxing still in our market. I'm sure Chicago market wasn't faxing, but people were just getting scanners and they'd be like, Maybe. oh, can you scan it to me? And I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to use that scanner. It scares me. <laughs> so let me send it carrier pigeon. Um, but, so I think <laughs> that helps. I mean, I think about the DocuSign and stuff like, I mean, mm -hmm. you were physically meeting with all these people. I mean, the amount of business that, agents were doing in this crazy market, there's no way you could show houses, list houses, get things signed, run here, run there. I mean, there's, there's not enough hours in the day. So I think that was, that's a huge difference between the craziness we saw like 0506 to now. It just, you, you can do more business. It's easier. Oh, without question, it's easier. I'm second generation. I like to ask my old man because he started in 84. Um, so I, <laughs> I like to ask him about how it used to be. It's like they used to have an MLS yeah. book. Um, it was they a book. Used to have books. It just blows you my mind. It was an actual book. And like you I, didn't know yeah. if it was accurate or not. You didn't know if something was under contract. So phone calls were required. They had to drop documents off at the lender's office. Like, oh my God, that sounds terrible. Um, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't imagine. So, I mean, it sounds like you're kind the of MLS new. Even. Oh, yeah, without question. Um, it sounds like you're kind of new during the, the 2006 run-up. So, could we get some clarity there? Um, yeah, so I started curious. in 05. Okay. 
So that must have been so quite the heart wrenching feeling in 2008. But you made it through it. it was, Tell it me about was, that. It was like, what have I done? I quit. Yeah. I mean, I quit my full time job. I don't worry. I went to the dentist, the eye doctor, did all my insurance stuff first. But I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, my parents probably thought I was mad and lost my mind. I was, I think, 24 and just quit my full-time job with benefits. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to be a realtor. This is what I'm doing now. And then I made some money. And then I was like, yeah, this is easy. And then the world went to shit and it wasn't so easy anymore. And I had to get a second job, but I never quit. And, you know, I met my husband in that early phase and he kept saying, why don't you just use your degree why don't you get a real job? You know, we've all heard those, those things sometimes when the market's not the greatest. And I was like, I am not going to quit because everybody around me is quitting. And that means there's going to be more left for me. So I'm going to just absorb, absorb, absorb over these years, learn as much as I can. So when the market shit, what goes up must come down, what goes down goes up. When that happens, I'm going to be ready and reap the benefits of it. So I got my substitute teaching license. I did that. I donated my eggs. Um, I mean, I did a lot of weird things to make money. Bartending and waitressing was kind of, but that helped me network. I met a lot of great people. Um, so I just, I did everything I could to not quit and get that nine to five that I dreaded. I love this. I like you it. literally did whatever <laughs> it took, whatever it yeah. took. I made um, it. Um, and, and you will. Anybody that does whatever it takes and actually follows through, they're going to make it eventually. It's simply a matter of time. Mm -hmm. How long that time frame is, that'll depend on who it is. It could be six months. It could be six years. But if they never quit, they'll get there no matter what. If, yep. if you do whatever it takes, like you said. So you said something that made me curious. So you got a degree. Like what attracted you to real estate in the first place? Oh, my friends made me do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, my best friend that I'm on a team with, she was going to be an attorney and she took the LSATs and tanked and was like, I'm not studying for that again. I don't want to be an attorney. And she was looking for a job. Our best friend's mom owns a title company. He needed an assistant. And it just kind of was like a match. And then he's like, why don't you get licensed? And then I can pay you more. You can do more things and have opportunities to make more money, maybe take some buyers. And she didn't want to do it without me. How nice. So she said, let's get a real estate license. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> and that was it. Um, but I have a degree in communications with an emphasis in public relations. So there, uh, I'm in Kenosha. There's not really opportunity for that here. I had some opportunities in Chicago, but I am not a city girl. So I did not want to get on the train in the dark and get off the train in the dark. It sounded miserable. So I was working at a law firm and I ended up there because I did their website and then just kind of got stuck. And I was like, I don't want to be an attorney. So there's no growth here. Like, this isn't something I want to do. So, you know, when she brought it up, I thought about it for a second. And then I was like, I'm in. Just because you can, you can make as little or as much as you want. The sky's the limit. And I liked that idea that I determine. You know, my boss doesn't determine. Society doesn't determine nobody else determines how much money I make except for me. I love how you just jump right into it. Is this friend that you're talking about the friend that you're partners with now, or is it somebody else? Yeah. No, yep. way. you guys are still working together all this time. 
Oh yeah. Like friends since we were seven, this is multiple jobs that we've had together. Grade school, high school, college. She can't get rid of me. <laughs> that is so cool. But we have fun. So cool. I, mean, I, I wish I had a friend that long from seventh grade to, I'm not going to talk age, obviously, but either way, I mean, that, that is tremendous. Um, yeah. We're for turning 42 this summer and we're only a month apart. So she looks like my twin. We get that a lot, or at least sisters minimally. So, <laughs> but it's been, I wouldn't choose anybody else to ride this crazy ride with. And she motivates me. I motivate her. We come up with, you know, good ideas together. We work great. We don't mind sharing listings, you know, for us, it's just about having fun. It's great when you can make money, but when you can have fun and hang out with your best friend, money is just the icing on the cake. Oh, I couldn't put it any better myself. Um, yes, it's, it should be more about fulfillment than, than money for me. I think you should be having fun. If you're not having fun, maybe you should consider a career change or, or something like that. But I mean, this is amazing. I don't know anybody that has been friends with somebody for 35 years and they've gone through such a journey like that together. That's my whole life. You guys have yeah. been friends and you guys are working together now. Yeah. That is amazing. I'm just, I'm jealous. I'm thinking of me at seven. Like, I'm just like, I don't know any of those people anymore. Um, I don't know. I don't even know where they are. <laughs> yeah, most people don't. <laughs> Very cool. Um, this has been so much fun, Danielle. Um, what is your guys' yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah, for sure. What is your guys' vision for the next 12 months or so? Like, what are you guys looking to accomplish over the next year? You kind of gave me an idea before, but um, let the audience hear it. Yeah, so I really want to break into the top 10 for REMAX small teams in Northern Illinois um, in our region. So that would be huge for us. I really want to, I mean, I want to make a lot of money, of course, but who doesn't? Mm -hmm. So I want to keep my numbers going up, but I also want my buyer, new buyer's agents to be successful. I want them to feel that too. And, you know, in this business, when you get started, I mean, cause I, it was long ago, but I can still remember, like, you just need those few deals. And then you're like, okay, mm -hmm. like I got this, um, you know, so I want them to have that confidence and, you know, I want to bring them with us. I mean, like I said, the sky's the limit. So I want them to make money, be happy, have fun with us. We're a fun team. So that's kind of what we're hoping. Bring them along. Bring them along. Absolutely tremendous. So if, if the audience wanted to reach out to you, if they wanted to get in touch, if anybody happened to be in your area, what would be the best way for them to do so? My cell phone is always on me. Ask my husband, my friends, my kids, my family. Everybody hates it. But as a realtor, that's just the game. So my cell phone number is definitely the best. Text messaging is awesome. 262-914-5694. You can also find me on Facebook. It's Danielle Welker at Remax. Um, I check that regularly. I do have a marketing intern that helps me with that. So she makes sure I stay, stay on it. If any messages come through there, realer.com, great resource, stay off of Zillow. Um, but I get those messages as well, really quick, right to my phone. There you go. Well, there you have it, everybody. Um, Danielle Welker, thank you so much for giving us a glimpse into your life and into your business. Yeah. And, and to those of you out there chasing freedom, Freedom is accomplished one action at a time. So go out there and commit to taking one of these actions. You mentioned open houses, some direct mail marketing or networking. Commit to taking that action. Tell somebody you know, find a friend, perhaps your best friend, get them to help hold you accountable. And before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. So thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next one.
Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show. 